you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. And his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I'm not sure how many lifted their hand and how many stepped out in the aisle and how many admitted tonight that they needed prayer, but I want to tell you there's one thing that's going to help you tonight. It is the anointing because the anointing breaks the yoke and the burden shall be taken from off of your shoulder and the yoke from off your neck. For the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach for a little bit tonight because of the anointing. Lord, we need your help. Speak to us. Do what only you can. We thank you in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise once more. Lift your voice and thank him for his anointing tonight. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You can be seated. I didn't come in the house tonight just to fill a slot. But by the help of the Lord, I came to preach the word of God to you tonight. Somebody told me a few weeks ago that they did not believe that There was such a thing as impartation. But I came tonight to tell you that I'm going to do my best tonight to impart faith to you. I don't have faith to give you, but I'm going to try to build faith in this house tonight until you receive, until you put your faith into action, until you believe that God is for you and not against you. I preached this morning, and I'm just going to pick right up where I left off this morning, and we're just going to continue on. Instead of one long sermon, I'm going to cut it in half. And so if you were here this morning, you got part A, and if you're here tonight, you're getting part B. But I believe that the Lord is saying something to the church in this season. Even if it doesn't make sense to some because you're not in the valley, in the fire, in the flames. Maybe somebody in this house tonight will understand because you've been hit with things that are unexpected. And you have been hit harder than you have ever been hit before. I'm going to tell you tonight that it is not your imagination, but it is exactly what the devil is trying to do to you because he wants to discourage you. 
He wants to defeat you. He wants to sidetrack you. He wants to get you focused on everything except what God wants to get you focused on. And the reason is it is because of the anointing of God that is upon your life. It's because you are a threat to the enemy. It's because you've got something that a lot of professing Christians don't have. And even a lot of churches don't have. I'm going to tell you what makes this church different. What makes this church stand out and be set apart. It's not that we have such excellence, and we do have excellence in many areas of our programming and operation and music. And I thank God for that. But I want to tell you that what sets our music program apart is the anointing. And we have a lot of good preachers that come through here and preach in this pulpit. But some of those same preachers preach in many other pulpits. But I'm going to tell you what sets this church apart. It is the anointing that is in the pulpit and in the pew. It's the anointing that is on this platform during music and the anointing that is in your worship. It is an anointing that is built in the prayer room and in your prayer life at home. It is an anointing of separation and preparation that God chooses to pour His Spirit out. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke. It is the anointing that makes the difference. And because of that anointing, the devil wants to fight you with everything that he can possibly fight you with. He'll throw everything in his arsenal at you. He wants to set you back, destroy you, hold you captive, tie you down, put yokes upon you. But the Bible comes tonight very clear in my mind and tells us that the anointing breaks and destroys the yoke that the enemy would want to put around your neck. In Acts chapter 28, there is a story about a man named Paul. The apostle Paul escaped and he had gone through shipwreck. He is being transported by ship to Rome to stand before Caesar for the testimony of his faith. Paul warns warns them of the calamity that is ahead. But they failed to listen. And uh, they they, they, they just acted as if the apostle had not spoken. He was chained on the ship and he's on his way to to uh, an uncertain situation. I wonder tonight that how many of you in this place would be honest enough to say that you could have avoided a lot of hardships in your life if you would have just listened to good advice. If you would have just listened to sound counsel. Young people, listen to your parents. Listen to your teachers and instructors. Listen to the elders in your life. Listen to your pastor. I'm not against you. I'm for you. I was talking to Dylan last night, and I told him, Dylan, there's nobody in your life that's going to love you and care more for you than what your parents are going to care for you. We're not for We're not against you. We're for you. I stand in this pulpit tonight. I don't have any... I don't have any axe to grind with anybody in this room. I come to tell you that when I preach to you, it's because I'm for you and not against you. 
When I counsel you or your children, I'm not against you. I'm for you. I want what's best. I may not always get it right, but I promise you, I'm giving it my best shot to do the right thing. But the devil... The devil sets traps and snares. Sometimes we need to just listen to good advice. God is merciful to us. I, I think somebody tonight in this room ought to just connect in to where we were this morning and thank God for his mercy because when we fail to take good counsel and good advice and end up in a mess, God had mercy and grace on us to give us a second chance. God sent an angel to the Apostle Paul with a message. God has given you and all of them that sail with thee, Paul. He's given them into your hand. He is telling him, Paul, I'm giving you the authority to speak into their life. Somebody better understand tonight that the best decision you can make is to stay with the anointing. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care how glamorous it sounds. I don't care how big the opportunity is. I don't care how popular it is. Somebody needs to ask themselves a question tonight. Where is the anointing? Because wherever the anointing is, it's where I want to be. Before I listen to the advice of someone, I want to know, are they anointed of God? Before I pay too much attention to direction from somebody, I want to know, are they anointed of God? I'm not against the talent in this church. I'm not against education. I'm not against having a big church. But the fact is, when I'm going through horrific situations in my life, and the devil is trying to kill me. And the devil's trying to hurt my family or trying to destroy my ministry. It's not talent that I need. It's not education that I need. It's not a big church that I need. It's not a big name that I need. All I need is the anointing of God in my life. I would rather hear an uneducated, unlearned, anointed preacher of the gospel than I would somebody with a doctorate degree that hasn't been in the courtrooms of God and doesn't know anything about anointing. I would rather have anointed singing and worship leading than I would the greatest talent that come from the greatest orchestras. Give me anointing. The Apostle Paul was not just a man, but he was a man anointed with the Holy Ghost power. He was a man that understood what struggle was, but the anointing went, through it, went with him through it. Your victory, your healing, your miracle, your deliverance, your destiny is all wrapped into the anointing of God. It's impossible to overestimate the power of the anointing of God in your life. The people in your business may not know it, but they're blessed because of your anointing. The people in your workplace may not understand it, but your anointing is bringing favor upon them. They may not even recognize what's going on, but when you walk in and when they chose to hire you, although there was never a discussion about religion, I want you to know it's your anointing that is blessing them. 
When troubles come, it's the devil trying to push you out. But don't worry about it. You just stay in there because God has anointed you for the purpose of whatever he has sent you there. Some of us need to quit believing that everything that happens is a product of this world or the devil. There are some things that happen that is because God has sent you somewhere because he wants your anointing to affect everybody that is around you. You're anointed on your job. You're anointed in your school. Some of these young people had meetings this morning and they're getting ready to go and they're going out, I believe it's to Clinton Prairie and they're getting ready to start. Is that where you are? Going to start a P7 club. Where are all my P7 students? I want you to stand if you're going to be part of that. They're getting ready to go start a P7 club. Let me tell you what. Not everybody's going to love it, but you go in faith because you're anointed. You walk in with the power and authority of the Word of God because you are anointed. Great things are going to happen. A junior high student, a couple junior high students walked across the street into a junior high and started an I pray which is the grandpa of P7 clubs. It was the brainchild for it. Walked in not knowing. Parents supported it. My wife would get up early, drive the car. All of the, we we would give Spencer birthday money and he would spend it on equipment to take to do I pray with. What he's doing in Lebanon is absolutely no shocker to us. This year for his birthday, my wife and I wanted to buy him a suit and some shoes because I've seen the clothes that he wears and some days I'm shaking my head. But he doesn't spend money on clothes and shoes. He puts it all back into the work of the Lord and the kingdom of God. And I'm proud of that. But the boy needs some clothes. So my wife and I, So my wife and I decided to give a gift. We put it in a gift certificate. And when we gave it to him, we gave it to him publicly with Caitlin there. And we said, this isn't for your wedding. This isn't, I want you to go buy you some clothes and some shoes because he's giving it all away. So far, I'm not sure what he's done with it, but he may have already sold that gift card online. You never know about him. My wife would get up early to drive him and his brother haul sound equipment, carry in speakers, carry out speakers. But because of that, even today, we're still reaping the benefits. Just a few services ago, somebody came up to me and said, one of our guests that's been attending here for a while, maybe here tonight, I'm not even sure, came to me, called their name, said, does that name ring a bell? I said, I have heard that name before. They said, that's one of the I pray students that's now a grown adult with a family, but now decided they're ready to give their heart to the Lord, and look where they showed up. Despise not the day of small things. I'm not trying to just be emotional tonight, but I'm telling you, these young people are anointed of the Lord. 
and because of your anointing. It's not because of your gifts and not because of your talents, but because you're anointed. You're going to do great exploits. Great things are going to happen. You're going to see young people baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, lives changed because of the anointing of God. Can I preach? Can I I preach to the parents just for a few minutes? It's going to take some of your time. It's going to take some of your energy. It's going to take some of your efforts. Every now and then you're going to wish that they could just skip one day, but there's some things that's too important to skip. Whatever day is, is, is P7 Club, they're going to have to get there early, earlier than normal. They're going to have to work at it. You're going to have some times. Our youth, our youth pastor and his wife are already involved, and they're going, to be, they're, they're going to have to give some time. The church is going to have to give some time and some energy and some effort. It's what we do. But I'm telling you, when we recognize anointing on young lives, let me tell you what we better do. We better call it out for what it is because the devil wants them to believe there's no anointing in you. But I come tonight to tell you, young man, there's anointing in you. Come on, young man. There's destiny in you. Come on, young man. You may not be in part of it yet, but your day's going to come. There's anointing in you. Come on, there's anointing in those drums. We better encourage them. Come on, young people. The devil wants you. He wants everything, but you've got to stand up, stand firm, and declare, I'm anointed. I'll stay pure. I'll stay holy. I'll stay righteous. I'll stay separated because the anointing is too important to throw away. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house tonight. Sit down for a minute. Let me see if I can get back to this text. The Apostle Paul survives the shipwreck. Hands to, he ends up shipwrecked. Meets the people on the island of Melita. Needs a fire to get warm by. Grabs a piece of wood and a viper. Bites him on the hand. Not just an ordinary variety of snakes. But this viper, according to the study that I had, was a deadly viper. A deadly snake. It's well known in that region. Many times the the islanders would see the horrible things that would happen to people, the cruel death that they would die because they were snake bit. As soon as they saw this viper hanging on to the hand of Paul, they started immediately forecasting his death. I want to stop here for a minute and tell you. I'm going to minister to some folks here. There's some people in this room that you have been bitten by the viper that wanted to destroy your future, wanted to kill you, wanted to bind you up for the rest of your life, wanted to steal your joy, your hope, your ministry, your vision, your dreams. 
They're forecasting Paul's death. I'm just going to tell you, not everybody is going to rejoice with your anointing. I'm going to preach to these young men a little more tonight. Not everybody is going to find it awesome in your school that you're starting an I pray or a P7. There's some folks that's going to make fun of you. They're going to predict it won't last very long. I'm going to tell you what Spencer said when he walked in my office after meeting with you guys this morning. He said, Dad, I got confidence that young group is going to do some incredible things. You know who you need to surround yourself with? Some people that's going to tell you you're going to do great things. Some folks will forecast your death and hope for it. There's some people that will be happy because you're bitten. I'm going to preach to some adults tonight. You know what I'm preaching. I'm preaching right straight at some of you. I could come back and hold your hand tonight because I know who I'm preaching to, but not because of the gifts of the Spirit, because I just know. (laughs) The viper bit you, and there's some people rejoicing, hoping that it's going to destroy you. But I came tonight to declare in the name of the Lord that you've got to shake some things off in your life. The Apostle Paul took the serpent and he shook the serpent off into the fire. I just feel like telling somebody tonight that some of the things, oh, I know it was destructive and I know you thought it was going to kill you too. But I come tonight to tell you that whenever you start shaking that off, you need to let some things go. You need to put some things behind you. You need to stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance, not what you went through, but you need to think about what God has done in your life. You need to shake it off. I know the pain was real, but shake it off. I know the hurt was real, but shake it off. I know people were attacking you, but shake it off because you are anointed and God's got a plan for you and a purpose for you and your anointing can thrive again. Soon as struggle happens, somebody starts saying, I knew they weren't going to make it. I knew that marriage wouldn't last. I knew they couldn't afford that house or that car. I knew they weren't really called. They they never were really going to have a ministry. I knew they weren't qualified for that job. I knew their children were going to turn out like that. Who do they think they are anyway? God? How'd they know? We don't believe in ESP around here. Oh, I know. They never should have built that church. What were they thinking? Oh, I know. What have you gotten yourself into? You never should have launched that daughter work. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. It's not just people. It's the voice of Satan himself that perches himself right on my shoulder and whispers in my ear. And robs me of my sleep. And wants me to believe 
that this is as far as we're going to go. That we've come as far as we can. That we've done everything we're going to do. But can I tell somebody tonight, this church is getting ready to disappoint some people. And this church is getting ready to disappoint hell. Because this church is going to grow in the name of the Lord. We're going to have revival in Jesus' name. I want... speak to our leaders tonight. All of our leaders tonight. Our music team. Our student ministries. Sunday school teachers. We're going to break this thing down in every facet and every way we can. In the next few months, I'm going to be presenting some challenges to you. Starting on November the 3rd, I believe it's November the 3rd was the date. I'm going to be coming and talking to you. And I'm going to begin to cast some vision toward the future. We're starting before we ever get to the first of the year. I'm going to begin to cast some vision. I'm going to send a letter out. You're going to get the letter, but I want you to be prepared for it. I'm going to ask you to be present on some special services we're going to have where we're going to talk about vision and the future. And the vision is going to become very clear. As part of this vision for growth, we're going to challenge every department, every group, every small group, every classroom, every ministry to set some goals for growth over the next two years. 2020 needs to be the greatest year of growth that our church has ever witnessed. And 2021 needs to blow our mind. I know we've lived with some excuses, but the excuses have been moved. It used to be we talked about our location, but we have a hard time talking about the busiest intersection in our county. I know we used to have parking lot and parking issues, but the Lord has blessed us with about 150 paved spaces and about another, enough room for about another 75 or 80 more on good hard gravel if we need to. I know we used to have issues with seating. Tonight we have about 310 seats or so that are out. In the back room we have about another 90 seats that we can bring out. We don't have an excuse. We have the ability to lay this place out to where we can seat 450 in this house if we have to. We don't have a parking excuse. 
We don't have a seating excuse. We don't have a location excuse. All we have as an excuse is an excuse. And excuses aren't going to work very good on Judgment Day. We have larger classrooms. And I understand they're already filling up. And I'm going to talk to you about some of those things over the next few weeks and months. But I'm telling you where we are as a church. Every ministry is going to be challenged to set a goal. It's going to stretch your faith. Where are we going to grow to? What's our goal? How are we going to get there? We're going to have a vision and we're going to have a plan. A lot of people can talk vision, but a vision without a plan, it's nothing but a daydream. But I'm going to challenge you. We're going to meet in evenings. We're going to talk about vision. We're going to talk about growth. We're going to talk about where we're going to. We're going to talk about what we're going to do when student ministry grows from 125 to the vision that you're going to cast for student ministries over the next two years. I think we ought to grow by another 50. Well, pastor, where are we going to put them? We're going to put them wherever we have to put them. God's going to make a way for us. He put us in this building. He'll put us in the next building. We have church vans that ought to be running. We have people that ought to be knocking doors on Saturday. We have ministries that are yet to be launched. I don't know if Brother Bill's here tonight. He was here this morning. He was in Lebanon this afternoon. I was talking to Brother Bill McCree today. And I told him, I said, Brother McCree, over the next little while, I want you to check in to celebrate recovery. I was talking to Brother Carter, pastor in Kokomo. He was posting some reports of more than 30 that they had in their Celebrate Recovery group. Uh, Brother McCree is involved in doing jail ministry. He gave me, came in this morning excited. He said, Pastor, he said, I went to do a jail service. The chaplain wasn't there and they wouldn't let me in. But a family came up and I started talking to them, telling them what we were doing. We had a long conversation. They had come to visit someone that was incarcerated. In the middle of the, of the conversation, I believe I'm getting this story right. In the middle of the conversation, the lady said, our entire family is looking for counseling and help. Will your church offer some help to us for counseling? We need some direction for our life. It's an opportunity to witness. We need counseling ministry that has developed and grown out of this church. We need... Come on, there's some folks that are sitting twiddling their thumbs saying, what can I do? I'm giving you some advice. Get ready because we are going to grow. Ministries need to be launched. People need to be involved. Well, Pastor, we started that before and it failed. Pastor, I tried to lead before and I failed. Somebody needs to shake the snake off. That viper wants to kill you and destroy you and cause everything that's happened in your past. Yep, you may have been snake bitten, but why don't you rise tonight and declare, I am anointed. And because of the anointing, I'm going to go forward by faith in Jesus' name. Take the past failures and declare for future victories. We tried multiple ways at different times.
And I know this can be a somewhat sensitive subject for a few. We've tried all sorts of different ministries, and they have failed in some levels. The enemy wants to magnify the word failure. He wants you to believe that means your death. But maybe it's just a setback that is a setup for your future. Learn from what went wrong last time. We're going to avoid it next time. We have too many people that have gifts and talents in this church. And every time I talk about gifts and talents, it seems that I end up with text messages and emails and everybody thinks that means a microphone and a platform. There are gifts and talents in this church that far exceed a platform and a microphone. There's people to serve. Saturday, I had a group of folks, all of you that were here and helped Saturday, everybody that was here Saturday, I, I want you to stand. I'm going to talk about you just for a minute. Everybody that was here Saturday, let me, tell, let me talk to you. There's others. You're not, looking, you're not looking behind you, but the sound booth is standing. You can be seated. I sent a text message out to this group because Saturday, these folks, these folks served. They served a family that doesn't attend this church. They served with no pay, no gift certificates, no accolades. They just served. They didn't come with bad attitudes. They came with excellence. They served. They hosted. They gave their entire Saturday, many of them. Sister Ashley works all week. Saturday is the only day she has with her family. She was here. Sister Ashley touched my heart. And Cheryl shared with me that when she thanked you for coming, by the way, and you, you sang peace in the midst of the storm, my goodness, you should have been here. Powerful. I want you to sing it one night in church. She sang peace in the midst of the storm, anointed of God. Brother Danny sang How Great Thou Art. I looked at Brother Carter, who was sitting next to me, and I said, Brother Carter, he doesn't really sing that good. Sam's just doing a great job with the, with the sound system and making him sound good. He don't really sing that good. <laughs> Sister Cheryl thanked Sister Ashley for coming and giving her time here early in the morning to rehearse, spent the whole day here ministering to a family. She doesn't even know any of the family. Just came. That's what ministry's about. When Sister Cheryl thanked her, she said, it's an honor. You know why God is using you? You know why the door... For you to lead the music program at Holiday Youth Convention this year, which is a big deal. You know how the door for you to lead Holiday Youth Convention music this year swing open? Because you have a ministering spirit that said, I'll come on a Saturday and give my time, and it's an honor. Because what you're willing to do in secret, God will reward you openly. That's his promise.
I want to talk to some folks in the house. I don't want to go too long tonight, but I want to talk to some folks in the house tonight and tell you that you've allowed the devil to bite you and some things to hang on in your life. It's up to you. You can close your hand, close your fist, grit your teeth, and talk about the hurt and the pain of the viper that is hanging on to you. But there's some folks tonight that need to make up in their mind. I'm going to shake that viper off in the fire and I'm going to have a ministry be used of God and go forward in the day. Come on, you gotta shake it off and declare in Jesus' name I am too anointed to live defeated. I know it's painful, but it's not fatal. I know it, it's hurt. I know it was real hurt, but God will heal the pain. I know that the wound looks bad, but God's going to turn it around for you. I know you may be weeping tonight, but joy is going to come in the morning. I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost to some folks tonight. Somebody needs to listen to my voice. Maybe you're like Paul. You survived the sea. You lived through shipwreck. You're attacked by a deadly viper. You're wondering, why me? What have I done? Why is it happening to me? I love God. Go to church. I tithe. So do the Lord's work. Read the word. Live holy and separated. I thought I was anointed. And all these things came upon me. The apostle Paul was anointed. And all those things came upon him. You're no better than the Apostle Paul. It may be that it is because that you were anointed that all these things came upon you. Job, I talked about, went through a lot in his life. But the Lord said you can't touch him. But in the end, God gave him back ten times everything that he allowed the devil to touch. I wonder what would happen to some of you if you would shake the viper off and say, I'm going to launch that ministry in Jesus' name. We're going to start a bus ministry. I tried, but I failed. I'm going to start it. The Lord will give it back to you ten times. Some of you need to go and say, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a worker. I want to join the music program. I want to be somewhere. I want to serve wherever I can. I want to teach a Bible study. I want to lead a prayer group. I want to lead a small group. Wherever it is, you may have failed in the past, but God will give it back to you ten times if you'll shake the viper of defeat and destruction off and declare, I am anointed. And because of the anointing, God can work through my life. The devil thought he was going to destroy you. He thought he was going to break you. He thought you would quit, and for a space of time, maybe you did. He thought he would crush you. He thought that he, you would become bitter and critical and resentful and angry and maybe for a space of time you have. But in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, we're going to shake off that deadly viper of bitterness. 
We're going to shake off the deadly viper of anger. We're going to shake off that deadly viper of resentment. And we're going to declare in the name of the Lord. I'm going to be whole again. My ministry is going to be whole again. There's something for me to do in the kingdom. Lift your hands right now and cry out to the Lord. Come on, you're going to walk in greater authority. I'm done. You're going to walk in greater authority. You're going to go places you've never been before. There are going to be more people touched by you and your ministry than ever before. The anointing doesn't exempt you from the bite of the viper, but it gives you power over the poison. There's only one thing that'll give you one antidote to the viper's bite, and it is the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil meant it for evil, but God's going to turn it around for good. You're going to be immune to it next time. When the viper comes to bite, you built an immunity to it. You're going to just shake it off and keep walking forward in faith. Stand with me all over the building right now. Why don't you just lift your hands and begin to thank God right now. He's put an anointing in you. He's put an anointing upon your life. Let's just wait on the Lord here for a moment. Just lift your hands all over the room. God's speaking all over this place right now. Oh, Yamaha, God's speaking right now. Come on, just surrender it to Him right now. You and the Lord right where you are right now. Just surrender it to Him. Surrender it to Him. Surrender it to Him. That hurt was real. That pain was real. Let's respond to that word right now. Would you all over the building, let's just respond to that word right now. These altars are open. Folks ought to be making your way, finding a place to pray, coming, surrendering to the Lord. He's calling us. He's spoken to us tonight.
He's spoken to us. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Pour it out to the Lord right now. There's some folks pouring your heart to Him. Open your life to Him. Oh, yes. Come, 